What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 89. Here with my guy, Bretton. How are you? Uh, wow, what, what an amazing, amazing weekend of football. The Bundesliga is back. The Premier League is insane. Serie A had some drama. I mean, there's a whole lot to talk about, so I am doing so wonderfully. But I do have to ask you, first and foremost, how was your birthday, man? Happy belated <laughs> birthday. Happy belated birthday. I appreciate that, man. And I loved my birthday, man. Had a bit of a rest. Okay. And thank you, everyone, man, who's nice. supporting the community and making my dreams and Bretton's come true because this experience yeah. we're gonna keep going bold and 2023 is coming world cups euros in the future so we are very excited but before Absolutely. i get to it do not forget to like this video and comment down below your player of the weekend we want to know who's your best player to, of this weekend because you got holland and getia so many good mentions to do but now Arsenal oh are 13 games unbeaten in the Premier League. Arteta yeah. ball is real. And Eddie Nketiah physically and mentally is ready to turn up. And those two goals mm -hmm. against United, he was clutch. And Saka, yeah. Arsenal Academy, that was the reason Arsenal won that game. So big praise for Edu, Arteta, the Arsenal organization, entrusting the youth. So... I yeah, was yeah. FC Wonder Kid. Yeah. So happy, man. Uh, I, I, it, was a, it was a happy weekend to be an FC Wonder Kid, uh, you know, Dortmund. fan, I guess, because, yeah, between Dortmund, between Arsenal, um, it, it, was, it was a good time. But, yeah, you, you said it. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, that Arsenal-Manchester United game had everything in it. First off, you had the, the older guy, right? You had the, the, the preeminent professor out of the bunch that actually affected the game. And that was Marcus Rashford Fact. starting off the day with just a ridiculous goal. He's only 25 years old. He's got a celebration going uh, viral worldwide, which we ended up seeing pretty much what a couple minutes later when Bakayo Saka scored. But anyway, we saw Marcus Rashford continue his dominance and he has literally turned into post world cup uh, easily. One of the most informed players on the planet. Right. Fact, fact, and I'm going to say this, Bretton, too. Rashford, the next England national team game, Marcus Rashford must start for England. Nine goals yeah. in his last nine games. And the best player of Man United, next to the levels of a Casemiro that was no Casemiro <laughs> too. And I think this match could have been def different. But Rashford is persistent, a constant threat, and he's becoming iconic in England, in the yeah. Prem too. So yeah. uh, let's see. They need to get that extension done of Man United because I think it's 18 months now in this contract. And yeah. one year opted, so let's see. I think, but Martinez too. Lisandro Martinez, like wh what sure. a game from him. If if Man yeah. United would have gotten that draw, Martinez would definitely be one of the man of the matches. Martinez is, yeah. is with Varane, like no chance for Harry Maguire to start in the big boy games like this Arsenal yeah. game too. And Bissaka. That loss better, okay? Another right back will be coming in the summer, in my opinion. And the guys should stay at Man United yeah. with a lower wage. And they should get mm -hmm. another keeper too. But what a game from the guys too. So, what a match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you hit on pretty much all and of the positives. I've got a question for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, question, yeah. Well, like, let, me, let, me just, let me just finish my love for Rashford before you ask me this question. Because, because I don't know if it was said yet. He's got nine goals and three assists mm. in his last nine games or the nine games since the World Cup ended, okay? I mean, this man this man is cooking, okay? <laughs> and it honestly looked, it looked as if United, I, I'm not going to say that they were going to, like, run away with this game. That was not the, the case. Mm. But it looked like Rashford was going to make his influence on this game um, kind of uh, uncounterable, if that's even a, a word, uh, because, uh, you know, he, he just looked so good early on, and, and then the Bakayo Saka um, show started. But before this, I mean, Ma Marcus Rashford loves the game against Arsenal. Okay? He had two goals and an assist uh, when they played at Old Trafford earlier this season um, in Arsenal's uh, previous only loss, right? Uh, so he has 23 goal involvements this year. So you're absolutely right. With 18 months left, I'd be very, very surprised if a PSG isn't already sniffing around him. 
right? <laughs> if if some of these other clubs aren't looking because Mbappe it's just Rashford. amazing. <laughs> it's just amazing to me what pre-World Cup Marcus Rashford was compared to post-World Cup. And I said it in the last podcast. Um, it is amazing what confidence does for a player. It is what amazing. Uh, it is amazing what a manager's backing and a manager's support um, does for a player. And and even then. One player does not yet make a team. When all is said and done, Arsenal deserve to win that game. Mm-hmm. And um, my goodness, why? Uh, yeah, like yeah. Eddie and Katia. Ambition. In- Ambition, in- and they're yeah. hungry. And with this Rashford, you mentioned Brun Fernandes, Marcus Rashford, mm. all different players mm. since Christian Ronaldo has left. But Man United, <laughs> Weghorst didn't play badly. They still need a number nine. Has to be mentioned. And I want to say, between these three players, Breton, who would you rather go between Victor Oziman, Gosal Rems, and mm. Harry Kane? Who do you think should be Man United's main focus to get this summer? My goodness. Uh, I think the, 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 the easier, it, it sounds easy. I mean, we already know Harry Kane is probably looking um, for this to be his last season as a spur. He beats Alan um, record if Harry Kane goes to Man United. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I agree. I I didn't actually, yeah, I didn't actually do the math on that, but I, I, I would agree that there definitely is a chance there. I think Harry Kane's the easier of the bunch Mm -hmm. to get done. Will it be expensive? Yes. Will it be, (laughs) you know, whatever they're willing to spend, but, but what you get from Harry Kane is you get a guy that's obviously won the golden boot, before, right? Mm -hmm. You get a guy that needs more support than what he's currently getting. I mean, I believe Spurs is the only team in the top six that have yet to spend a dime. (laughs) in this transfer market. So no uh, I Conte. thought, no, yeah. And I Conte. man, exactly. They definitely so. get Pedro Porro. Pedro Porro yeah. at right back at right wing back. And then they have destiny Udogi next season. They've been, they yeah. sort that those fullbacks for the next five years. It's such a yeah. smart move, but they're just not willing to spend. Daniel yeah. Levy is the reason why Tottenham in the last five seasons have five yeah. managers. Five managers, okay? Bad management has been a constant at, at, at Tottenham. And Ka- Harry Kane doesn't deserve that. Ha- Jung Ming yeah. Son doesn't deserve that. Lloris doesn't deserve that. So I'm going to point fingers. Going to point yeah. fingers. Jeez. I mean, right, rightfully so. Rightfully so. As the sum of their parts, they should be much better than they are um, as it stands. And what a bad time with, with everybody else, with United picking up, with City picking up, with Arsenal picking up. Um, what a bad time to just lose your form and lose your confidence mm-hmm. in a guy that we know is a world-class manager in Antonio Conte. But um, without moving that on, um, without moving on, I, the simpler answer to your question is definitely Harry Kane. I feel like it would fit um, Ten Hag's policy. It would fit Ten Hogs, what he's trying to do there. It gives him like a blend of a target striker and somebody that could be almost like a deep lying playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, he can pl- he can wear a lot of hats. Uh, whereas I think Victor Osimhen, while he is absolutely in ridiculous form right now, he does not provide you all of those types of data points um, that a Harry Kane does. And Osimhen um, is very he, dominant. Like to say he like is very dominant, yeah. right now is having a better season than Dusan Vlahovic at Juve. And Dusan yeah. Vlahovic is another world-class striker in my eyes. But I want to say, yeah. I said Gonçal Rems. Gonçal Rems mm. is mentioned in the top transfers to a Chelsea, to a United, because he's got 12 league goals this season. And the way sure. he link-ups with other players, the difference he does, it's, it's notable for Benfica. Gonçal Rems did, too, score a hat-trick. In the World Cup, deserves to be yep. mentioned with that. And that's why he's going to be one of the best strikers in the near future. At 21 yep. right now. To see those two goals against Sporting. To see how he, mm. how he finds a goal always in the near post. That's the signature yep. move with Gonçal Rems. How he finds goals in the near post. Inevitable. Like Robin. Yeah. You know he, when Robin went to the left, a goal would happen. When Gonçal moves to the near post... People know a goal will happen too, so people sure. really watch out. I'm, 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 I'm but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but you know the the other person you mentioned in there, Vlahovic. Mm-hmm. It, it's really interesting what the and we'll talk about this a little more in the future, and when we get to Syria, uh, it's really interesting what maybe Juve's future looks like now with that you know nice little negative fifteen uh, thrown onto their point total, mm-hmm. um, and maybe what they do for the future. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I'd be interested to see, you know, how open people are to to looking into I wouldn't call it cut rate, but at least a fairly market valued um, Dusan Vlahovic, and whether or not United would still be interested in, in reigniting that interest. But you know, we're we're kind of getting away from it all talking about Arsenal. United because <laughs> because because Arsenal, man. I mean, uh, there's just no other way to say this. Like that could be the game, mm-hmm. right? Believe it or not, I know they play City, but that could be the game that makes a difference. This was one of the hottest teams in the league as it stands, right? That coming into it, United was. Mm -hmm. And and they they looked pretty good. Um, And when all is said and done, it was their backup striker, their academy-generated backup striker, uh, not Cobham, uh, Haaland born, right? Um, Haaland created. um, A guy that, that was pushed into a kind of a little bit of a transfer tiff uh, because he didn't know whether or not he was going to get the time. And and when Gabriel Jesus went down, mm-hmm. this kid stepped up. Why? Yes. I mean, how? It, it's his positioning. It's, you know, he's not Mr. I'm going to create something out of nothing. He's the, I'm going to somehow make some sort of acromatic boot, get on the end of it, and I'm going to score an injury time uh, extra, extra winner. He's got six goals in his last six games for them. Um, and I, I can't, I can't say anything but like, how amazing that is, how cool of that is, how cool that is, and how much it meant to him. And to see Arteta just ruling that sideline, just running around, hugging the crap out of everybody. Um, I mean, it, there's a bandwagon that's getting pretty damn full of uh, of Arsenal fans out there right now, isn't there? <laughs> I facts, facts. And I love that <laughs> special mention to Eddie and Ketia because he deserves yeah. just that. Again, an yeah. English national team call-up. Eddie and Ketia would be a name involved. Rico Lewis will be a name involved, and Rashford mm. will be starting for England, okay, in the next national team call-up. But you're just en- ending Arsenal and my end. I want to say yeah. Arsenal right now replicates ambition, replicates hunger. They replicate what the manager demands from the players. Zinchenko and Gabriel Zouz raise the level, not just in training, but in the games to all those Arsenal players. Gabriel's yeah. better. Saka's better. Martinelli's better. Eddie Nketiah is much better. And Arteta mm. knows that it's because the bars was set much higher with the transfers that they brought in. Ramsdale, yeah. too, won a game from him. Yeah. And I want to say again, Absolutely. Tomayasu again comes off mm. the bench with Ben White. The right, the right back slot is the weakest, but they still... They don't look like Besaka, okay, at the other end with United. Sure. Ben White and Tomayasu were ready in this game. And Odegaard. Huh? Odegaard, the captain of Arsenal, he is the captain because he works hard. He dedicates himself mm-hmm. so much on that pitch. And when they start losing, he was the one yeah. cheering the players up and demanding that intensity that Arteta wants on the pitch. Odegaard is the reason why Arsenal too are going bold in top of the league. So one of the yep. best midfielders in the world right now, Martin Odegaard. Next to a Pedri, yep. Gavi names that are really special too. Odegaard, Norwegian. Norwegian midfielder is special with Haaland next to him. Oh, my days in the prem. Yeah, that other guy. That other Norwegian guy. But yeah. Saka, um, out of nothing, he creates a sure. goal. Saka now is a constant threat too, just like Marcus Rashford, man. England, mm. don't screw it up. Kane, Rashford, Saka. These three are, come on, it's Southgate, just do it. Then you have Grealish, Foden's, Sancho, if he comes back in form. Let's wait and Mm. see, but so many options to come. Not even a wicket. Uh, yeah, hey, Jamie Bino Gittens uh, with his goal at Dortmund. Yeah, obviously they are they are the future. I mean, Bino Gittens is a little ways off, but like when it comes when it comes down to it, you're absolutely right. But Kai Osaka, um, uh, he's embraced that leadership position. I mean, he's a he's he's a uh, a soft spoken human being, right? And 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 there's something to be said also about Marcus Rashford and Bakayo Saka. Uh, everyone that talks about them. Mm-hmm praises them, believe it or not, first, that knows them intimately, mm-hmm. praises them first as human beings and second as football players, right? <laughs> That's really, really interesting that, like, both of them. And it's also more interesting that, you know, Marcus Rashford did his point to the skull um, uh, t- type of uh, selly at, at the end. And then Bukayo Saka um, giving credence to sincere um, – imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. He did it. <laughs> 
after his goal as well. And, you know, maybe it was tongue in cheek. Maybe it was to make fun of Rashford. My guess is it was to respect what Rashford's been doing as of late um, because they've just been trading blows uh, back and forth with each other uh, as two of the most informed in Englishmen in the world right now. Um, so you, you throw Bellingham in there with Dortmund and, and you've got yourself a trifecta of guys you must protect. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I loved every second of that game. And the last thing I'll say about Arsenal hmm. is uh, you win as of right now. I know everybody, and we're going to talk about them in a, in a couple seconds, about the debutante for Chelsea. Yes. We'll talk about the, the money that they spent. But I'm going to say right now, Arsenal, they already got Leandro Trossard paying dividends uh, by giving him those last, yeah, giving him, it was like 21 to 24 million, um, taking advantage of a, de, a Deserbi dust up with Trossard. Um, and they brought Trossard, they, re, they realized, I mean, this guy before Deserbi took over mm-hmm. was one of the better players in the league in terms of being in form for Brighton, right? One of their hot starts of the season was because of Trossard. Um, so to bring him in, and, and to right away let him take corners, um, he was – he I believe he pr- provided the pre-assist or whatever you want to call it, the build-up uh, to that match-winning goal. Trossard was a part of that. And then near the end of the game, he took on four or five United defenders uh, and, and held on to the ball, uh, wasting valuable time uh, for them to counter and try and get the equalizer. So I already – it's early days, but I already love the fact that they pulled back on the excitement, understandable after what we saw again uh, for Chelsea, but they pulled back on the transfer excitement and the money that could have been spent on a guy like Mudrick, mm-hmm. and they went for the guy that right now, even though he's not under the age of 23, mm-hmm. he's going to help him. He's going to help them tremendously. He can provide cover at fullback. He can go in the central midfield. He can go on the wings. He is the guy that is going to help them in the near future. So I really mm-hmm. like that they did that. Um, as tough as it probably was. And I love yeah. your mentioning Trossard because Trossard, yes, very smart deal by Arsenal. Missing out with yeah. Mudrik that all Arsenal fans must be thinking, what if, because Mudrik is going to be an absolute baller yeah. in the Premier League. But Trossard, like, I, I understand Brighton too, honestly. That Mitoma, Mitoma, Mitoma in dribbles is one of the yeah. best players in the world I unexpected man and again the recruitment of Brighton shows up the Zerbi with this player in his hands yep. now McAllister they're gonna sell Caicedo too so hopefully they're recruiting another player like Estupinian was to replace Cucurella so a lot yep. of bright bright deals from Brighton and you mentioned Mudrik so going with Chelsea people Chelsea Let's go. <laughs> right now have spent 143 million. That is, yeah. <laughs> and, and La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, and League One combined have mm. spent 73 million. So Chelsea mm. with 143 million spent with Nadi Madueke, João Felix, Manuel Badbashile, Mudrik, so many like bold deals. Todd Boyley doesn't care. They're going to be the highest spenders, two consecutive transfer windows. Yep. And that shows the investment. The, and, like, they're going to do everything to win Chelsea. And it's, they're, they're showing yeah. that. They're showing that. And I just want to say, Mudrik, and the minutes he played, he showed to be electric. He showed to create a goal out of nothing. Nobody mm-hmm. can control that player. And I will say this. He reminded me a bit of Hazard with the tripling, with that the constant, the constant deadly threats, and he's so promising. Next to Jean Felix, I'm so hyped to see. But Mudrik is worth it, man. Because I have okay. this question: Who could Chelsea have signed to for left winger that had this type of intensity in January? No one. I think Mudrik was the player, and that's why Arsenal yeah. wanted him. Because they got uh, even Trossard right, and they were yeah. wanting to spend that money too for Mudrik. So, big, big credit uh, to Chelsea. And I mean, I, 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 I agree if, if you want as direct of a winger as Mudrik is. You know, I, I agree. The, the bigger issue I have is... It, it feels like you're just throwing money at a wall, bringing in all these players, and then saying we'll sort it out later. <laughs> so if you're telling me that Graham Potter has has sort sorted through all of this and has gotten his number one in each shortlist as it stands, um, 
then then fine, right? But I haven't been able to make sense of it. I don't know anyone else there else uh, out there that necessarily has been able to say, no, 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 it makes sense. You know, they also brought in these young guys like Omari Hutchinson from Arsenal, thinking that he might actually get an opportunity, who is a bright young winger that could develop into a Mudrick, maybe, I don't know. But when it comes down to it, mm. that guy's probably sitting there going like, the hell did I do this for? Why am I here? Right? So you bring in this many people, that's great. But Graham Potter now also needs to be the world's best man manager because this is a lot of turnover. They also then have to turn around and not look desperate when it comes time to actually sell their players. Mm-hmm. Because you you bring in, you know, Nottingham Forest like numbers, uh, at some point you are going to have to have an outgoing. Completely. And at, at this point in time, they don't look like they have much of a bargaining chip when it comes um, as a team that is going to recoup any real great value um, from some of the guys that haven't worked out, whether it's Havertz, whether it's Pulisic, whether it's, you know, whoever it is you're looking to let go of. And they've already come out and said they're not selling CP. Mm. So that'll be interesting. (laughs) They need to sell Pulisic. They need to sell Aubameyang. They need to sell Sterling. Kante is going to leave on a free. It's impossible yeah. to keep all these players. Thiago Silva, he'll probably leave too. World-class player too for Chelsea. Wanted to mention that. But Benoit Badiashile, mm-hmm. he's looking good too. But it's impossible, I completely agree, to keep all these players. And another yeah. player that's going to come to, to Chelsea is Moises Caicedo. So I think yeah. Moises Caicedo, Benoit Badiashile, Mudrik, João Félix on loan. I think they didn't go wrong with these ones. Honestly, Jean Felix, and if Jean Felix <laughs> stays next season for Chelsea, man, like imagine uh-huh. Jean Felix, uh, Mudrik, and Kunku. Yeah. If they get the right striker, imagine a Dusan Vlahovic and all this with a Kai Shedo, oh Zakaria, like the amount of talent they have and depth. I didn't even mention Mason Mount and all this. Uh, Harvard yeah. can't stay too. I understand the interest of Bayern Munich. I think it fits because Florian Wirtz got a contract extension and he's way too expensive for Bayern. But Havertz right now, I think they could get him for a good deal, like 50 million. Don't know the exact number, but I think he would be available to go back to Germany. So that deal could happen too. but, but, But how do you make... This collection of talent so hastily brought in the, brought together. <laughs> How do you make it into a cohesive Premier League winning squad in in any less than two three years time? Uh, I mean, Arteta think about it. what Arteta did. Well, it. yeah, yeah, okay. Ten Hag he did it. He built it. He built it. He built it pretty painstakingly. He didn't have it all flood in at once. You know, they didn't spend. What was the most that they spent in one window? Is it a hundred million? But, well, they but they ben, spent like ben, constantly, ben, constantly like a hundred million. And even when they got like Ben White, Ramsdale, everybody was Lakonga. Right. Like everybody was like, "What? You guys spent that much for those players?" I remember at that right. time. And now because of Zinchenko, Gabriel Zouj, all these right ones, I think Chelsea's gonna have that too. It's a it's a rebuild time now because yeah, man, Mudrik, like like Mudrik again. I was really. I, I fell in love, man, with how we played at that left wing against the anticipation that Mudrik had too, like against mm-hmm. Liverpool. He clearly knew more than whoever, like in his team. Like Mudrik elevates, elevates this yeah. offense. So again, well, number they, nine, they if, have to get it. If, they have to get if it. If they really, if they really wanted to spend, though, they could have brought in Kvartskilia. Well, uh, that's, that's the one I was thinking about. Napoli won't sell um, even a hundred, I think, right now. That's the thing, yeah, too, well, because Ozime, uh, they're going to get that from what, Ozime. But what Todd Bowley wants, Todd Bowley gets. So <laughs> I, 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 I push back on that a little. No, I'm just saying. Yes, no, I, I, I get it, yeah. Um, but they, they, they won the race with Mudrik. Mudrik is a, a very exciting talent. I've never mm-hmm. said no to that. Um, but I will be interested to see you know how much so he actually, say, takes this yeah, by storm. I mean, it was a it was a um, eighth place team playing a tenth place team yeah, as it man. stands. Liverpool and it was an injury decimated Liverpool and an injury decimated for the most part Chelsea as well with a whole bunch of new people in there. Right, um, right. And, and and you're right, it was two rebuilding squads as it stands. Um, and I, I 
I, Chelsea certainly has the um, the talent on their roster as it stands to to literally bounce back and and maybe put something together, but that would require Graham Potter being a much better man manager than I thought he would have had to have been for Brighton. I was Brighton was always about always about getting the most out of the the, the littlest resources being spent. Mm-hmm. Chelsea very different now. <laughs> Chelsea very different. So I'm. I am watching this with that, you know, the meme where the guy sits back, he's got the big thing of popcorn, mm-hmm. and he's just popping them in his mouth with this excited face on his look. I mean, I'm watching this because I would love to see it kind of pan out. Um, or it's also really easy to root against this because, you know. Well, and, and at the other end, you see, yeah. you see a, a, a team like Liverpool that needs yeah. needs a midfielder so desperately they just need to go to the transfer Artur Mel might be one of the worst transfers we've seen in the club era want to mention that and now in the last five seasons five midfielders were signed for Liverpool that's the problem so redeem yourselves FSG and get Jude Bellingham like even if Joe Bellingham has to be signed too from Birmingham Get him to for Jude Bellingham to sign for this midfield. Henderson will look better. Even Bacetic will go bold. Curtis Jones next to Jude Bellingham will go bold. He's the leader yeah. that they need. Yeah. That they need. And at Man City, I know Gundogan's leaving, but that Silva's leaving. If Jude Bellingham joins Man City, they're expected to win. But Liverpool yeah. need him so much more. And Cody Gakpo's got to play at the wing. At the wing. Don't put him at striker. Darwin, yeah. Gakpo, Salah. I know Luis Diaz will come back too. Maybe even slot him in in the midfield role. But don't put Gakpo at striker. It, it will not work out, in my opinion. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of things uh, will have to change for Liverpool. I don't see. Uh, um, I don't see Liverpool spending the money that is probably going to be necessary to land Jude Bellingham. Uh, his, I mean, who's going to get uh, him for you? Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of who it who it comes down to for me, unless United for some reason can actually spend that money mm-hmm. uh, in there uh, just to keep him away from Manchester City. Um, uh, you know, maybe maybe PSG throws a last ditch effort in there at some point to obviously I don't Olis. know, um, but like I'd get Olise, Olise, Vitinha, Verratti. <laughs> Yeah, Frenchman that, too. Okay, but yeah, Frenchman too. I like that. What a great goal! What a great goal the other day for them, for him. Um, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know where Bellingham's going to wind up, but I, I just don't see it being Liverpool. I do not see it being. Oh Liverpool. man, they need it um, so desperately. They do, but they've needed it for like the last five years. Like <laughs> they, they, they knew going into it that Thiago Alcantara was, you know, basically injury prone. Right, and they they know like Nabi Keita was never worth seventy million or whatever the hell they spent on him, sixty million. Um, and they knew that early on. They knew that early on. That's why he got literally relegated to the bench for the longest time. He's only playing now because everybody else is injured. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. I just I don't know. I mean, when you're talking about an eighteen year old Spaniard, right, and it's not Tiago. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about an eighteen year old Spaniard, Stefan Bašić. Uh, Potentially eligible for Serbia too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. Um, as being Serbia. the brightest, <laughs> as as being one of the brightest spots in the squad. Um, yeah, you know, you know, Klopp is gearing up for either exit or he's gearing up oh, for. No, no. Uh, may, maybe this has reignited his excitement for it. Maybe he's not going to get that seven-year itch or whatever it is where you have to move on after a while. Um, but we do know that there there always is contemplation that it, that. Jurgen Klopp could still leave Liverpool. Ah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think Conte Tottenham now is very clear. I think Harry Kane's going to leave Tottenham. I think Conte is going to leave Tottenham. And I don't see that with Klopp. I think Klopp okay. still believes in the Liverpool project and the players too. The extension of Mo Salah mm. showed that Klopp must have had a big hand in that. And they will both stay. Virgil van Dijk, Alisson, Trent trusts Klopp. He's got the team on his back too. Still... I, I, I trust Klopp. He just needs midfielders. Chua Many. Imagine if Chua Many was signed in the summer, like Klopp yeah. wanted. That was it. Sure. Like, they wouldn't have these struggles. They wouldn't be in the position that they are now. They would maybe yeah. be top four. Maybe be top four with Chua Many there. Yeah, but do, do you believe that, that Klopp is going to get them back to the top 
with the same core that they currently have with no, Salah, with Alexander don't. Arnold, with Robertson, with Fabinho, with you know with Van, Van Dyke. I think so I think you, with Salah there, Van Dyke, yeah. Allison, I think a couple of players will go. Yes, I agree with that. I think the core is not going to be the same. I think Thiago Alcantara, Henderson might not be there in the long term. So I think things will change. Yes, with Liverpool, in order for them to win. Because we can transition here with another team that even with progress, they're changing. And you didn't see these type of players at Man City. Gabriel Zouz, Sterling, they Mm. left, but others came. Like Julian Alvarez, Mm. Erling Haaland, that has already 25 Premier League goals scored. Okay, four hat-tricks this season in the Prem. That is absolutely insane. He's 22 years old, and this man yeah. is going to break records in the Prem. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to win the 260 of Alan Shearer, but if Haaland wants, if he stays long enough at Man City, he breaks them. And not just that, yeah. he'll break records in the Champions League too, Hurling Haaland. But so iconic signing. Iconic. And I, I absolutely Julian Alvarez. Like 21 million spent, and now Perone, 9.3 midfielder spent. Okay, with well, our Man City have signed Perone from Velez Sarsfield, the midfielder that you must remember the name until 2028. Bar again. Yeah. Alvarez and Perone both combined 30 million spent. Okay, and two Argentinian, <laughs> like, you know they're going to be national team players in the next 10 years. So, yeah. again, elite scouting and decision-making from Man City. Like, yeah. so many well, well, you know, an- another one that was gotten from, um, for, from that Argentina U-20 team that unfortunately just lost their opener, um, and I believe Peroni was a starting midfielder in that game. Uh, I forget who they lost to. Um, but but the F- F- Facundo uh, Buonanotte... Uh, is also another one, and guess who got them? Mm. That got him, not Man City. Brighton. Brighton <laughs> got Bonanota. Unfortunately, I think he was injured. He was in, injured in that game, and, and hopefully it's not that bad. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. Peroni, Peroni is a heck of a talent. Um, I, I don't think he's as ready-made as maybe some other people do, but clearly Pep Guardiola does. So, and, you know, what do I know? Um, but but and, when it comes down to it, man, I mean – Erling Holland's 25 goals already this season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously on pace to break the record. And and, and the, yet the question still stands. Mm. And I'm not saying this just to be bold. Mm. But the question still stands. Like, is Manchester City a better team? A more dominant team? Because Erling Holland is in it. Yes, because now they are actually really contenders to win the Champions League, in my opinion. I think long-term, they will win the Prem 2 with Erling Haaland. This season, even, or next season, I think that will happen, too. But it's Champions League time now. And Haaland knows it. The City team knows it. Julian Alvarez, like, was replaced Erling Haaland after he scored that hat-trick against Wolves. So if there's even an acceptance that both work together to win the Prem and the Champions League, Elite man management from Guardiola that orchestrated to a comeback with Tottenham. Okay, that was not easy. Losing from two. And they managed to come back in a tough situation. Conte in the mud once again, okay, against the top <laughs> manager, Eric Tenag, Arteta. He, he's losing to everyone. And Tottenham are still not signing anyone. So that shows yeah. the bad levels of management from Daniel Levy once again. But I want to give the special mention in my end for Man City. is mm-hmm. I am absolutely shocked with how good of a player this right back is, Rico Lewis. Rico Lewis mm-hmm. at 18, the build-up play he does with Man City, the movement, the decision-making of him. He creates goals out of nothing. And that's yeah. why Reese James... Rico Lewis, I'm going to say Rico Lewis needs to be mm-hmm. called for England because okay. like the, the, he's, I won't say he's Philip Lam region, but with Pep Guardiola, he's showing to be one of the best right backs in the world at 18, at 18. Yep. If you watch yep. that Tottenham game, you see how, how crucial Rico is in the buildup going next to Rodri when City have mm. possession and when they don't defending wise. He's insane, Rico Lewis, anticipating speed. Like, there's a reason why he starts in this team. So, wanted to say that, Rico Lewis. And and playing with a team that that has as much confidence as Manchester City, I mean, clearly you can see Rico Lewis 
uh, has the confidence of a guy that's, you know, a 10 year premier league vet. And I don't know if that's a product of Guardiola or a product of, of the players that he plays with and what's demanded of him. Mm -hmm. Um, and how he is like, you know, one of the last men standing when it comes to the Academy, uh, having any sort of an effect on this 11, but then you kind of jump on over and you say, there's another polished team Mm. in the form of Lewis Hall, who's been getting chances because of the injury Mm. craziness at fullback for Chelsea. And he hasn't been as good. He hasn't been as tidy, but he can also play midfield. He can also play fullback. And here's what I'm going to say broader, right? Just a broader observation, which is not really that bold, but it's interesting to think about. Um, This goes, players are so much better younger these Mm. days. Right, they really, really are. At least from what we've gathered. Maybe it's because we look at players, you know, under the age of twenty more look often at, than not. But like, <laughs> I mean, between yeah, I mean, come look on, between Vierts before he got injured, Bellingham, um, yeah, well, yeah, but like, can you name others? Yeah, right. Odegaard. When when Rashford was under Odegaard, Odegaard was not that good. Odegaard was not that good at 17, 18 years old. He was not that good. No, 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 no. way. But developed. Yeah. You, you're mentioning oh, like yeah. that are no, no. better I'm, now. I'm talking about ready. I'm talking about ready-made players. I'm talking about guys like Jamal Musiala, Jude Bellingham, um, that are that are carrying teams in many respects mm. at this ripe old age of 19 or 18, right? And it's really, really interesting. I I feel like there's a golden generation in teen footballers. That's all I'm saying. I, in team fault footballers, I right? And okay, and Rico Lewis is a, is a really, really incredible one to to kind of pick out because of such a demanding setup that Pep Guardiola has, and it's very clear he does not just go, you know, let's give the kids in the academy a chance. No, like no. that is not Pep Guardiola. You got to earn that. And Rico Lewis clearly did a whole lot behind the scenes in training um, to prep him for this moment. Um, and he's got a little versatility, which is going to go a long way mm-hmm. uh, for him. So I agree with you. This was just a long-winded way of saying I agree with you. But, like, there are phenomenal team footballers these days. And I, I just feel like that's just years of maybe, I don't know, training facilities are getting better. Uh, mm-hmm. Training regimens are getting better. The health and, and the, the mental health of these players are cared for a whole lot more. Uh, there's more opportunities for them all across because, I don't know. I- um, but, like... That's that's all I wanted to say. About and, that's and the a, thesis. And after all this, like Pep Guardiola, yep. if he if he leaves uh, Man City, then mm-hmm. I don't believe he'll leave Man City until he wins a Champions League. He'll be remembered yeah. because Rico Lewis will be a national team player. Phil Foden is already a national team player for England. You'll have many more players inspired by this philosophy that was brought in. Champion philosophy of Pep Guardiola ingrained yeah. in Man City's youth too. So, big credit to Pep Guardiola. And I agree, if Pep Guardiola had done this at Man United, he would have been credited so much more by the English people, in my opinion. And he's doing it at Man City, and he deserves to be mentioned. Four Premier League titles in the last five. That's insane. Pep Guardiola did that. So, that's one of the best managers we've ever seen in full display. And the big, the big uh, thing with Guardiola, though, is he didn't win the Champions League with Bayern Munich. That's what people right. will point fingers, and I understand that. But still, yeah. But <laughs> but what is what is Guardiola asking for? A uh, you know a sit down with Piers Morgan? Apparently, that doesn't end well for people. So you know, I, I don't know what more credit he gets. I mean, what he, what more credit he needs? He widely is considered, widely is considered, uh, literally one of, if not the best manager on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and has been for some time. So I don't know, I don't know what it is. I mean, I know how kind of para, parasitic is that a word? Parasitic. Um, I know how you know tough it is. Uh, well, not really because I don't live in England, but obviously we've all heard the stories, we've all seen it. But like, what what more credit is he asking for? Um, he really thinks that there's that much of a preferential bias to United over City. Oh, completely. <laughs> Maybe people are just sick of him winning. Um, at some point, you win so much, you become the enemy, right? You no. become the, uh, like, uh, everybody gets more credit. I think that happens all across the board. It happened with uh, it happened with Barcelona during their tiki-taka years. It happened <laughs> happened with the Galacticos, especially when they were coming to an end. It happened with Ronaldo. This is just, you know, he's too successful. He just doesn't have that last feather in his cap, which is the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. So... 
He gets that, he can sail off into the sunset. And yeah. and it's because of like those substitutes he did in that final against Chelsea, I believe. <sighs> Maybe he would have won that champions. And he must think about yeah. that. But Erling Haaland is now there. Put down below if you're listening until now. And put down below, tell us if you, you think Man City is going to win a Champions League with Pep Guardiola and Erling Haaland. Mm. But mentioned, mm. where did Erling Haaland come from? <laughs> Dortmund. Yeah. And Dortmund are yeah. still cooking Young talents, Mukoko extension, Gio Reyna, Karima Deyemi, Jude Bellingham, the leader of the Wonder Kids, and a special, special mention to Jamie Bino Jitsons, too. English youngster, Sancho vibes right there. So Dortmund, scouting-wise, once again, showing that they know what they do. All these youngsters. Yeah. What? They, they do, and, and, and a nice little segue into the Bundesliga, because what a wacky bizarre opening weekend for 2023 in the Bundesliga. I mean, we watched second place Freiburg take it on the chin six times, <laughs> six times by Wolfsburg. We watched, I think there was an, a seven, one game, right? I think it was Cologne seven, uh, one. I mean, it, uh, yeah, absolutely unbelievable. And then you had that wacky, wacky game uh, between Dortmund and Augsburg. Um, I, I just, you love it. You almost have to love it. Or, or you have to look at it and say the Bundesliga, uh, has a very far way to go when it comes to say world-class. Um, but when it comes to that, if you're a neutral and you're watching football for the first time and you sat down and watched any one of those games, you were like, okay, I could get, I could get behind this. I could get behind this. Um, <laughs> but in back, that Wolfsburg. Man. Wanted to say yeah. Haller back from that Dortmund game. Beautiful. It's first time playing since he was cancer diagnosed. Beats and yep. cancers, so it's wonderful to see Haller deserves that. And Mukoko now carry Dortmund and get more than 20 Bundesliga goals. I believe yeah, that man. can happen, man. Haaland said it. The most talented player I've seen. 15-year-old at the time. So, let's see. <laughs> but, but listen, I, I, Jude Bellingham in that game, I mean, it just tells you that this kid actually probably has a whole nother level above him oh yeah um things he did in the ball turns that he had uh the strength that he's definitely gained the confidence that he's gained from obviously um excelling with the english uh national team during the world cup um it it just it him alone is worth the eyeballs right him alone is worth watching that team but uh yeah i gotta also shout out my guy uh giovanni reyna um, scoring his first goal of 2023 in his first game, scoring it in pretty awesome fashion. A couple minutes after Jamie Bino Gittens uh, scored, Augsburg went down, scored not even 60 seconds later, and then Gio Reyna, not even 90 seconds after that, scored a beautiful volley goal. Um, but with everything going with U.S. soccer right now, I don't know if you heard this, uh, but there's a lot of talk about you know parental pressuring and his dad having a high up, whatever, and kind of pressure treatment <laughs> exactly i don't want to go into the specifics here yes. uh but basically what it winds up uh coming down to is i highly doubt greg berhalter stays on um Hope and so, uh, I, I also highly doubt Gio Reyna is a compromised individual um mm -hmm. kid just wants to play football and he wants to score goals and that's what he did against augsburg to win the damn game so happy to see him back and hope he thrives in 2023. And Bundesliga's back, man. You got Joe Scali, yeah. you got Kevin Paric, you got Giovanni yeah. Reina, you got Jordan P. Falk. You have, oh, yeah. now, then you have Tyler Adams, Musa, that mid uh, McKenney midfield, like U.S. Yeah. transnational team. You got to be ready for 2026. And Bell Hall yeah. Bearhalter ain't the manager for you to win anything okay in 2026 no, in my no, opinion no. like then no. you need a difference and Gio yeah. Reyna is as voiced it out but I wanted to say so mentioning national teams a bit a lot of talk yeah. is Luis Enrique is going to be the national team manager of Brazil do you think Brazil yeah. have a chance to win a world cup with Luis Enrique I mean with that talent um I, I was I was more shocked they couldn't get by Croatia Mm. Uh, would, would Luis Enrique have been the difference um, on that day versus Croatia? No, I don't think so. Mm. Um, I, I honestly don't think so. I don't think it's, you know, I, I don't think that – was that a managerial thing? No. So you think it's um, Neymar? You think Brazil with Neymar will never win a World Cup, even with a Luis I think Enrique. I think a reduction of reliance on Neymar in the future is how you is how you win a World Cup with Brazil. Um, I, or, or you – or you accept Luis Enrique, uh, you know, Luis Enrique accepts the fact that he needs to uh, 
somehow uh, modify uh, Neymar always wanting to be, you know, front and center, be not not one guy for all 11, or, but essentially like the star of the show is not going to win for them. I mean, look at the look at the teams that have won for Brazil in the past. Mm-hmm. You can name five or six guys on the team beyond obviously the dominance of Ronaldo in two thousand and two, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, I mean, they all have. I remember, I still remember that ninety four World Cup team Kumari. with some of the most iconic names, yeah, of all time: Abeto, Romario. I mean, just so many great, great names. So I really do think you know they're best when they have everyone, and they're really close to that. Mm-hmm. Like they really are close to that for a lot of what they played. I mean, a lot of us were already sh- making them shoe-ins for that final. Um, so I don't really feel like it's managerial. I don't. I, I think you almost need somebody uh, like Scaloni in that sense who who gave them all a sense of belief, right, and gave them all a sense of um, going out and playing the way. I mean, there's so nothing Scaloni did that transformed <laughs> them. Yeah, but that's, manage- that's man management, I guess. That's getting out of the way and letting them figure it out maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But that's – that's my thought. I don't think Luis Enrique is the guy that's going to necessarily bring it there, but um, you got so I don't many know. What talents, is he? man. You got Hendrik, you got uh, Martinelli, you got Vini, Rodrigo. Like, hopefully they really get it right, man, because Brazil, <laughs> they're always a threat with this academy players. Absolutely. And I wanted to mention, like, just we mentioned briefly, but it's absolutely yeah. crazy what Juve did, okay? Getting 15 points oh. taken off them in Serie A. And they're the only club that gets consequences. Artur went one side. Pjanic was very suspicious in the other going to Barca. Then you have Danilo, Man City, yeah. uh, and João Casillo going the other way. Two very suspicious deals. And in all this, Juve is the one that gets the consequences. And they always get it in Serie A. They always get yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back a little bit on that because from what I've read... There is a outstanding court case uh, involving the other clubs. Okay. So the other clubs, the other clubs, I believe, end of February, like February twenty second or something. There should be a ruling on the other clubs. This particular one, I think, was only, only about Juve and and some particular part of the case. But yeah, I mean, it's two thousand six all over again, man. <laughs> or it feels like it. I mean, just Juve though, like, come on, everyone was doing it. Isn't necessarily a defense. Um, when it comes down to it. Uh, but Juve, yeah, you're, if you are, in fact, the biggest club, when the time comes to get wrapped on the on the wrist and take your punishment, you better expect outsized um, mm-hmm. expectations. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you want to look at uh, if you relegate a Hatafe and relegate a Barcelona from La Liga from, from misgivings, mm-hmm. which team does it hurt more? Barca, of course. It's the same punishment. It's the same punishment, but which team does it hurt more? It hurts Barca more, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Because of their reputation. So it's always going to hurt Juve more than it's going to hurt, I don't and know who else is involved, but like Genoa and But yes, this hurts Syria. This hurts Syria yes. after one of the most exciting Scudetto races um, from last year. Uh, they have to do this. I mean, we saw it. We saw the shot across the bow when Pavel Nedved and pretty much everybody from Juventus stepped down, Agnelli and all them. Paratiki can't work in Italy for two and a half years. He might not even be able to work in football for two and a half years if UEFA and FIFA decide to actually hold up that type of a punishment for him. Mm. But but these guys, like, why do you feel the need to in Syria, feel the need to in Syria um, have to do this? And it just kind of further uh, perpetuates the fact that uh, the Premier League seems to be the, the the world of the haves and everybody else seems to be the world of the have-nots. Mm-hmm. I mean, every club is trying to keep up with the Premier League and none of them can. I mean, just look at the transfer spending over the last month. Um, not even the last month, the last 22 days, the Premier League has spent like $400 million <laughs> versus the, the number you mentioned previously. It was like $75 million Seven, combined yeah. yep. in the other four leagues. So it's it's absolutely insane. So in some respects, you can understand why they push the boundaries, right? And they go into the gray area of ethical activity. Um, but my goodness, like Juve, <laughs> just my goodness, like. But here's here's the here's the added bonus of Juve. Um, and and if you want to look at things with a, a half glass full instead of half glass empty, 
I'm excited to see Fabio Moretti play. Yes. I'm excited to see Mattia Sule play a little more. I'm excited to see Nicolo Fagioli, and I'm excited to see maybe a little more of Samuel Eiling on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, because Juve, uh, they just need to get their crap in order and get somebody that can play by the rules. Um, it's not Juve. Chiesa comes back. I like to see. Yeah, that, that was that, that was awesome. That was awesome. But I, I'm with you. And and here's the thing. You just mentioned it. I agree with you. It does not do Syria a service. Even if so and so is mistreated, if Juve is just so mistreated that we all feel bad for the big bad wannabe Super League club, right? Mm-hmm. But you know what it keeps us from actually celebrating? Mm-hmm. Stories like Napoli, stories like Victor Osimen. Victor Osimen leads the Golden Boot race right now in Syria. He will become, in Syria's history, the first African footballer ever to win the golden boot if he can get it done this season the first i mean you know how cool that story is and that story will not get actual play time because everyone's going to be talking about juve and whether or not they deserved it and this and that and all that crap when we all should be talking about the kavaritskilia the 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 osamen the minjay kims at center back the young italians that everyone says there's so many Jude Bellinghams in Syria, but the Syria does not actually play their young players as well as they should, as well as Jude gets their chances and Foden gets his chances. Well, damn it, Fuck. play them. Fuck. I want to see it. I want to see Syria rise again. I do. The I would love to see it. So. Barel and Tonali. Barel and Tonali yeah. are the two Italian midfielders that everybody, <gasps> Miretti, okay for Juve, but. Yeah, we still don't see the same level. And it's the level of quality in Serie The best league in the world is the Prem. And that's why the English <laughs> talents are just looking insane. Saka mm-hmm. has to match a, a Man City defense, which is ridiculous. Yep. And United mm-hmm. has to get a player like Kazmiru to fix their midfield. So it's Truth. just unmatchable. It's so hard. And in all this, man, you still have a lot of bargains to sign, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Enzo was a smart <laughs> deal. Like, was, what, 10 million, 12? Like, why didn't oh, Juve man. get Enzo? Well, they could have. I think Enzo wouldn't, wouldn't mind being in Turin. And Enzo has the quality to start for the Juvinch. Yeah. It's just bad, Whoa, bad scouting for Juvinch. Bad decision-making. And when Allegri goes is. to... I think Conte might return to Juve too. Wouldn't be surprised if that happens once again. So it depends on, yeah, it depends on what kind of comes of this, uh, whether or not they go to tight spending. I mean, let's just be honest, like Juve is not in Serie B or Serie C. So they didn't get relegated because of this. This is 15 points. They should be okay. Mm. But it certainly gives Napoli um, a nice little boost of confidence that they, they, you know, don't have this Juve team uh, that they blitzed before this ruling, right? That they beat badly before this ruling. Um, They don't have them kind of nipping at their heels anymore. They're now down to 10th place or whatever it is with 22 points. Mm -hmm. So I'm 100% with you. Um, Juve had Kavaritskilia on their radar. AC Milan had Kavaritskilia on their radar. Um, Napoli was the only one that actually pulled the trigger. So we'll see if this is kind of a changing of the guard. Um, when it comes down to it, or if uh, or or if they will catch back up, something tells me they'll catch back up over time. But you're talking about bargains. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to jump into that. Yes. Um, that that seriously. I mean, between Kavaritskilia, between Enzo at mm-hmm. what was it? Enzo fourteen million for Benfica. Yeah. And now getting valued at a hundred plus. <laughs> Deserves Enzo Fernandez, the best youngster in the World Cup, too. Like, but yeah, oh, you were mentioning gosh. there's such a good list of bargains that were made yeah. in the summer. You got Kvaretskilia, you got Xavi Simmons on a free. Oh my yep. days, Enzo Fernandez. You got like, yep. like so many smart deals from these teams. Bubakar, Bubakar Kamara could have been had by any team. You know what team won him? You know what team won him? Aston Villa. Yep. Aston Villa. And this was Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa. This is not Unai Emery's Aston Villa. So who, recommended who, him to United. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, could you imagine Bubakar Kamara in that midfield? Absolutely. Right? He could fill in at center back. He can also be a center mid. He's, he's flourished for, uh, in both positions for Marseille. The same Marseille team that William Saliba flourished in. The same Marseille team that Guendouzi is flourishing in. He's you know? Better, so it, it, it's really interesting. To replace Kazmir, oh, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. but, he wouldn't start him because it's me. <laughs> yeah. But, but still. But Chavi Ch Simmons and the other one that anyone could go out and get right now for relatively cheap is Randall Colo Moani. Mm. We all saw his quality in that final, right? We all yeah. saw his quality for France in that final. He's got double-digit assists in the Bundesliga, okay? And he was a free, a free. And I believe it uh, – I always get it wrong. It's either Eintracht Frankfurt or Stuttgart. I always, for some reason, Frankfurt. think they're the same club, and I know they're not. It is Eintracht Frankfurt. That's right. Jack um, and then, Stuttgart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. He's doing okay, right? Yeah, but it's um, still a decision if they're going to pay $15 million, I think. But I'd pay. Mm. I'd pay. Stuttgart don't usually have one of the best junk strikers out there. Werner left yeah. early, <laughs> back in the day. Just remember that. True, but, true. Uh, yeah, and and Joshua Kimmich, as you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the last one I'd mentioned that's not U23, mm. but you mentioned him earlier, and it's just part and parcel of such a great transfer policy that we always tout. Uh, this might be the feather in their cap, though, and that's Kaoru uh, Matoma, right? Mm. He was signed for $2.5 million. It's two and a half million. You know, he's going to go, he's going to go for 10 times plus that <laughs> easily. Um, and that's before you even factor the sale of Caicedo and before you even factor in the sale, future sale of an Alexis McAllister. Yep. It's absolutely unreal how they hit that. And everyone, Evan I mean, there were a lot Ferguson. of people that passed on him. A lot of people that passed. And yeah, and now Evan Ferguson. Um, Irish uh, national team striker right there. No yep. Trey Parrott, no Adamita. That's the man that's going to be the future of Ireland. Next Robbie Keane in the making. That's you. Yeah, man. The, the first Irish striker to maybe – I think he needs to call up Robbie Keane and ask if he can adopt his celebration. Oh, I love um, that. <laughs> oh, my God. The roll into the, the shoot. I mean, I, I was doing that back in the day. And uh, when he was playing – hell, when he was playing for Wolves, um, I remember Robbie Keane. But, yeah, Evan Ferguson has been absolutely lights out. Uh, I think he's got three – Three goals, two two assists in like his last four games for Brighton, and he's been a the heartbreak kid that winds up uh, doing what he needs to do to get his team points. And that header was just like that was a header of uh, someone that's been in the league for ten plus years. Uh, so I, I love seeing it. And in the meantime, you've got Brighton giving Evan Ferguson a chance while they search for a nine, and then you've got Leeds United spending another club record fee on a guy that has two goals in the Bundesliga, but is immensely potentially talented mm -hmm. in Jorginho Ruter. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So much money. So much up, money. Being and they up. have Inciso too, though. Brighton. Julian Inciso. Yeah. I rate that kid striker. True. Like from yeah. Brighton. He's going to Might become one of the best Paraguayan strikers out there. Like you have Santa Cruz. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. The day. But uh, yeah, no. Good. Very good players all around to look out. But yeah, Brighton well. recruitment is is just insane. Now Wolves, they seem to now they they they've released. I think Fabio Silva is going to go to PSV. Gosalgetch is on loan now to Benfica. So Julian Lapetegui is doing a lot of moves in that team, and Pablo Sarabia now has joined. And uh, who is the the mid ah Medina, the the uh, midfielder from uh, Southampton oh. uh, to. Oh. He, Mar Mario Lamina. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So he... Premier League Premier League vets. I think they also signed a center back, right? Did they sign Craig Dawson? Oh, yeah. 3.3 million, too, yeah. From West Ham. Yeah, so, so well, that's, Lopetegui must be thinking something out. <laughs> he's he's figuring it. He need, he's, he's trying to get that spine all figured out, right? Lamina's a tough tackler. Uh, Craig Dawson's a big body. Um, and then uh, it's it sounds like they're sending Fabio Silva out on loan, correct? Mm -hmm. To PSV. Did you yeah. already say that? I might have yeah, missed yeah. that. Okay. Um, yeah. It, which which makes makes a whole lot of sense. He's a guy that definitely needs to regain his confidence and be playing week in week out. And with PSV being rated for Noni Madueke, mm -hmm. uh, for Cody Gakpo, it only makes sense. Fabio Silva could eat there if he Next wants to. Xavi Simmons, you know? fun. Those yeah, man. It's, wonder it's great. kids. The people. Oh, great. they're too money, too hyped up. Let's wait and see, man. PSV with Ruth Van Nistelrooy. Sheesh, they've been playing good football. So, yeah, exciting times. Ooh. How many last mentions, Breton? Uh, only other mention I wanted to make, especially transfer window, was just such a couple crazy, crazy little things, okay? Uh, Jared Bowen has not had a good season, man. He has not had nice. a good season. Last season, we couldn't. We couldn't say more good things about him. Mm -hmm. He was phenomenal for West Ham last season. Um, a, a nice little positive moment when West Ham were able to beat a very downtrodden Everton. But I thought this was pretty cool. 
in the in the morning of the game, okay, he found out that he was uh, that his wife was pregnant with twins. Mm. Okay, nice. and then what did he score? What did he score against Everton? Uh, a, a, a goal for each. Okay. A goal for each kid. Oh, he scored. He scored a twin of goals. Oh, that's how nice. how how nice is that? How nice is that? I mean, a bright thing that happens for West Ham mm-hmm. in a very very bad bad season. Get Moyes um, out so far. Get David Moyes I, out, man. You got Skamaka, Paqueta, too many talented players, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who who do you bring in next? That's the question, right? Ah. You got to have ready made. And I bet you the moment Moyes leaves, he goes right over to Everton and they sack Lampard. <laughs> I, that uh, could be that could be the case. You never know. You never know. They There's play, gonna be a lot play. of sackings. Moises, Conte, maybe. Conte, no, he'll just leave because his contract runs out. But yeah, hmm. and that and that's the thing about the transfer window. I know the Premier League has come out of the gates firing because they got all that money. Um, but something tells me that some of the other leagues will catch up over the next, you know, hmm. eight days as it closes. But whether or not they are well studied, um signings or or bargain buys like you know memphis Depay going to atleti for three million um yeah, that that man. remains to be seen and carrasco yeah. going barca maybe man that's weird maybe. deal too like again once again barca atleti with the weird but, shady deals griezmann's but, like that was weird too at the time so mm. but like my my last thing about this like and by the way griezmann is like in the form of his life Back he had the worst what a, he, he, yeah he and a backyard goal, right? If I'm not mistaken. I mean, he was all over the place. But when it comes down to like Griezmann had the worst year of his life last year. Yeah. Uh, and, and this year, not only did he resur- have a resurgence for his, uh, his country, no, leading no, them no. to the World Cup final uh, in a different role of his, mm-hmm. uh, he's also playing incredibly well for Atleti. I think he's second in the league in goal involvement behind, next, obviously, Robert Lewandowski. So next to uh, great to Griezmann see. is one of the most underrated players in the last decade. In my opinion, I agree. People overhate him because that. of that 120 million spent by Barca. Because, yes, yeah. wrong timing, wrong place for Griezmann. But yeah. considering everything else, what a career from him. Going from Real Sociedad to Atletico, being one of the main players with Simeone in a great rebuild. What a rebuild yeah. it was from Simeone. Even if he leaves after this yeah. season, Simeone will be remembered. It was one of the best managers in la liga's history going winning Absolutely. a league going to a champions league final ronaldo was the kryptonite of atleti but simeone did so well with like tra- 10 million in transfer spent yeah. too like they didn't give him money at that time and he still delivered yeah. so yeah but it's a well uh, you you know just to go back and tie it all up mm-hmm. you know that the premier league is the league with all the money when you've got when you've got Bournemouth, Bournemouth's owner, okay, went out and bought an ownership interest, if not the whole club, of FC Lorient. Mm-hmm. Earlier this season, we were talking about FC Lorient at the top of the table for a little while. They were above <laughs> PSG, right? And they had this triumvirate, this trifecta of three really good players in the Nigerian striker, Tara Mofi. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had young French playmaker, Enzo Lefay, And then you had this winger. Uh, Burkinabe, I think is what you say, or Burkinese, mm-hmm. Burkinabe, uh, Burkina Faso winger, uh, Dango Watara, who is a phenomenal story, like has come out of nowhere to be a revelation of legal. Now, mm-hmm. L'Oreal has since fallen by the wayside. They're still like sixth or seventh, but when it comes down to it, Bournemouth wanted Watara so much, uh, that this guy, obviously he didn't, that didn't, wasn't the reason why he took an ownership interest, but he had bought some or all of the club and then immediately when Everton and some other clubs in the league, I think even Newcastle was looking at Dango Watara for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, they went out and they spent $27 million <laughs> on Dango Watara, who literally only just broke out. Okay, oh He God. only just broke out. And then you look also at Nottingham Forest. <laughs> Nottingham Forest has not st- – I don't know if anyone's, anyone else has fallen asleep and just stopped looking for transfer news, but we are well beyond Nottingham Forest, the whole rationale of – they need to replace the players that that brought them to the Premier League because they were all loanees or loaned out. They have now literally signed two and a quarter 11s, okay? They've signed 26 players. Oh, my God. And they've saved the best for last, right? They brought Danilo in, mm-hmm. young, beautiful midfielder from Palmeiras, Fuck. okay? Brought him in. They brought Gustavo Scarpa in, 
as well. Two of their best signings for last. Best and on top of that, just just for the hell of it, yeah, just for the hell of it, a cherry on top, they bring in Chris Wood on loan from Newcastle. Because why not? Uh, it just like, goes to show you. The, it's the, like, why did he go to Newcastle? <laughs> it's crazy. Just for Burnley it's, to be no competition, literally. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Oh I mean, infer from that what you will about the, the, the scope and the power and the monetary value of what the Premier League does. And then um, try, none of these clubs are – it's not going to happen overnight. This True. this was a long-scale plan that was hatched 30-plus years ago by some TV barons that saw money – saw dollar signs. Uh, and it will go insane, and Super League will come back. But right now the Premier League is uh, just a ridiculous collection of money – and talent, and it's dizzying to even think about. Really is. Facts. And tell us, people, Oof. down below, what did we miss in episode 89? So much to talk. And tell us, too, I don't forget that question. Who was the player, the best player of this weekend? We want to know your yeah. thoughts in the comments section. And again, don't forget to like this video for more episodes like this. Thank you. Thank you, community, for going bold once again with another episode.